Why go to the Why go to the Sean, you know, a couple of episodes back, we were talking about Barbie and how she just has influenced culture everywhere. Yes. And I was reading recently that Mattel has introduced Art Barbie with different artists, and there's a Venus de Milo Barbie. And I, it's created all kinds of all kinds of controversy. People have thought that it's very risque. I just I didn't find that at all. I found it fairly armless. <laughs> and I made that up myself. You're just sitting over there with this smug look on your face. <laughs> it's a conglomeration of it. so much stuff that I I'm I'm coming up with my own. <laughs> thing are you, you know? are you making fun of the fact that my jokes are never my own no no <laughs> not at all not at all you know your, your jokes are so corny that they're funny you know well, when you said you were going to start this episode with a story i thought you were really going to tell a story then i didn't want to say joke i'm not giving it away um, i wanted to keep it armless oh my gosh <laughs> and that relates to our poem in it a way very much relates today because mm-hmm. we're talking about statues statues on the one hand mm-hmm. and trees on the other which are aren't they one and the same well trees and statues i think they're very similar quite some mr metaphor there's quite some metaphoric <laughs> uh comparison to yes right episode 96, 96. Wacky Poem Live. Oh, we're getting close to that triple digit <laughs> it's, it's a it's a we're close to the temperature outside <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Coming to you from the Rural Oklahoma Museum of Poetry, um, where I my my official title is executive Exec- director. That, that's that's you know that's pretty high up. That's yeah. highfalutin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, high up in this organization. High up in this tree right here. <laughs> yeah, Sean Perkins, Bill Guthrie. Yeah, <laughs> we we got our names this time. <laughs> Keep track of those last names. You're going to be quizzed on them. <laughs> we, we come to you each week, which uh, most of you all know who've been listening to us from the beginning. But if you don't, uh, we come to you each week with a, a poem that someone has written in the museum, usually. And uh, we talk about it and take off from there. And we try to be uh, humorous or wacky. And also, we're often very serious, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. And try to give you a little info. Yeah. We're yeah. often you're you're often very serious. I'm often very not. <laughs> it's a good balance, you know, yin and yang. Yeah, warp and weft. Yeah, but the the podcast we we enjoy it and we hope you do too. And it's just kind of something we do because um, we can. We just want because we can. because we can and nobody has stopped us no, yet. Right? No one has said we can't. <laughs> you know. We knew nothing when we started, and uh, we, we know a little more now. We still we still know <laughs> next to nothing, <laughs> right. uh, but we're trying to just further the the mission of the museum, you mm-hmm. know. And um, and I think the poem that we have today is an example of that. We have we're fulfilling the mission of the museum, mm-hmm. which is partly to allow anyone with any background to have an experience of poetry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, basically the only requisite is that you're breathing and can walk in there. We'll wheel you in if you need to <laughs> the museum and experience things. And you never know what's going to be um, inspiring to people who enter the museum. For example, the the subject of this museum, I've never really known of anyone to write about that particular work of art in the museum, even though many people have admired it. Which which what are you talking about? The 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 uh, the bus that inspired this uh, poem. Oh, so. Did she say that? No, but uh, oh, okay. no, but I'm certain that I'm certain that that was she was thinking that, that about was it? the muse that okay. when she wrote this 
Maybe yeah. that's my artist's mind turning here. I hadn't thought about it. We I thought about statues a lot, but there is a bust, uh, the torso, do you mean, that's on the mm -hmm. safe? Mm -hmm. When you first walk into the museum that was done by a young artist, and she was going to Oklahoma State University when I oh. bought, it, bought it from her. Mm -hmm. Her name is Liz Dueck, mm -hmm. and uh, she... Uh, lives in Tulsa now, mm -hmm. I think, and still doing so you, her art. So you were supporting a young artist and acquiring a mm -hmm. very nice work of art. Very nice mm -hmm. piece. It's very uh, Greek-looking. Mm -hmm. It is the uh, torso of a woman with a drape, you know, mm -hmm. around. And very Venus de Milo. It's very heavy. It's ceramic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, piece. I tried to move it, and you said, put that down <laughs> one time. I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. Now, I bet you're trying to pick it up by its little stubs of arms. Which was like, you which know, we were told, don't do that. She has no arms. She's, arm, she's armless. When I bought it from Liz, we were at the, it was a, called the Prism Fest, that P-R-I-S-M that they have at OSU. And uh, she had a little table there. And I bought it from her and her boyfriend had brought it in on a skateboard. <laughs> oh, my. So when they took it out to my car, they put it back on the skateboard and, and wheeled Transported it down. Transported it out. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Can you imagine? Venus on skateboard. <laughs> I took a picture of it. I should try and find that. Right. And, yeah. In transport. Well, okay. I just went off there. But. That's all right. As we do. <laughs> As we do. But yes. it's related. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we had a woman, and she she gave us permission to use this poem. But she came and visited the museum a couple of weeks ago from Norman here in Oklahoma, Holly Van Alken. And uh, then she wrote a, a poem after she got home a few days later and emailed it to us. Yeah. Yeah. So she this was not left here. She wrote she wrote this and emailed it. Mm hmm. OK. Mm hmm. So I wonder why I thought I went immediately to that torso. Well, because like you said, she may have had it in mind, you know, whenever she um left here she, maybe she can let us know what inspired her yeah. i'd find that very interesting yeah yes so she right. said uh, dear sean it was wonderful meeting you and the museum on saturday thank you for re reopening my emotions to create this was this a.m while driving by a field about to be a shopping center that and then, then she has the poem yeah so she wrote this poem after she drove by this place that's going to be a shopping center you know pay paradise and put up a parking lot uh, isn't that yep. always the case yep. so she was inspired mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. lovely shall i read so Please. we can have an idea mm -hmm. okay like a statue of ancient troy curved with fine lines but missing elements like face and hands so a cottonwood in a stripped field standing torso bared proud and beautiful I love this poem. It's a, it's very lovely <laughs> because for me it's like the cottonwood is making a last stand mm -hmm. in in its in, in its field. You know, yep. it has it really has no choice but to be taken. Mm -hmm. But it is standing there, proud and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And other people don't see the beauty. Holly did. Holly does. Mm -hmm. You and I might. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's a kind of a lamentation of what 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 are we doing? What's going on? It know? is. It's kind of like this poem immediately reminded me of the classic poem by John Keats called "Ode on a Grecian Urn," which I think I've talked about mm -hmm. on on here before, where he's um, describing that um, the the picture on the urn and uh, talking about the the beauty of it and the transitory nature of it too. Mm -hmm. And uh, right, she. Holly called, uh, titled this poem, In Its Time. 
which is a time. neat, neat mm-hmm. title too. Um, cottonwood was, you know, probably a beautiful, majestic tree mm-hmm. in its time. Mm-hmm. Just like a lot of statues, ancient statues were were beautiful in their time, and the way that they were carved and created, and even when they start missing their limbs yes right. <laughs> you know that the arms and the legs and things break off and the mm-hmm. heads break off there's still a a beauty there yeah mm-hmm. and it you still get the essence of the piece mm-hmm. you know even missing some elements mm-hmm. and what's neat too is that's just one layer of this poem isn't it it is that's yeah. just one one part of it is just this uh this ode this elegy to this cottonwood tree mm-hmm. in a field that's getting ready to be a shopping center. Yeah. And she said shopping center, but you know where my mind went to? It's because the word stripped is in the poem. A strip mall? Yes. Oh. That's immediately we where I went. We don't have enough strip malls in this nation. <laughs> I'm thinking, why don't they put a strip mall here, take out this wetlands, <laughs> you know? So it has some really, you know, I had to go consult my lover, obviously, the online etymology dictionary, Mm -hmm. because it's just some very uh, metaphoric uh, image, elusive, laden words Mm -hmm. in this poem, Yeah, uh, starting with torso, Mm -hmm. um, because she mentions um, that it has its torso bared, standing torso bared, proud and beautiful. And torso is trunk, trunk of a statue, mm-hmm. and it comes from the Latin that means stalk, stalk. or stem, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like celery stalk. Well, <laughs> you had mentioned I have an illustration here mm-hmm. of a tree. I love it, your illustration. If you all aren't listening to us at wackypoemlife.com, uh, our website, you need to go over there because we'll have a we're picture. Gonna a, we're going to picture of my tree. Picture of the tree that, that Bill tree. drew. Mm-hmm. Because trees and human forms are to me, are always so similar. For example, the roots are the feet. The base of the tree, the exposed roots, are the legs. The trunk is the torso. Mm-hmm. Larger branches are arms. Smaller limbs are hands. Smaller twigs yet are fingers. And yet we have the leaves are the hair and the flowing things on top. And trees even have a crown. Our head, ha- our head the, we have a crown at the top of our mm-hmm. head. They're so similar to me to the human form. Is so, this why people love hugging trees? Do you think? I hug feel trees. Like they're hugging I have trees. Some literally sometimes, and I'm like, <laughs> is anyone watching? You know, <laughs> tree huggers. You know, but uh, it's a good thing. I would never call that derogatory. Nah, tree hugger. Yeah, watch out for the bugs, but you can hug a tree. <laughs> you know, don't scrape your cheek against right, the bark. Right. Don't get too into it. Don't get right. Exactly. <laughs> You don't want to get too involved. <laughs> Call the cops on you. <laughs> right, right. Uh, chief yeah. wind, chief wind run, runner. <laughs> it's right here in here in Nogus Grove. That's come right. after you, wind runner eagle. <laughs> so yeah, that's great. I love that description of the tree and that it does have the torso and the trunk. And then, like I said, the other word that is very, um, uh, I, I keep missing the. I can't say. Mm. The word's not coming to me. It's okay. very evocative, maybe. Evocative. I don't know. Okay. It's the word strip, like mm-hmm. I said, uh, to make bare. And uh, from the verb, from the old English stripping, to plunder or deposit. Um, <laughs> I like this. It's from the Dutch stropen, to ramble about plundering. Ooh, sounds very Vikingish. <laughs> yeah. You know? I'm going to go ramble about and I'm plunder. Ram- Let's go ramble and plunder. That sounds like something your son would do. We're going to ramble and plunder. That, that was before pre- pre-marriage, obviously. 
<laughs> but I like how that said to ramble about plundering. So you're plundering, but it's just kind of a rambling plunder. It's yeah. not like it has any purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ramble about. Well, and I think the fact that the field is stripped makes the yep. cottonwood even more of a of an image, more yes. more tall, more proud, more defiant. Yeah. Of the surroundings. Yeah. It, and about to be plundered. Yeah, about to be plundered. Yeah. Stripped and plundered. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, side note, do you know when the term strip poker? Voice first use. Oh my goodness! Had to be during the 1920s or Roaring Twenties or something. You were very close. 1916. 16. What about strip search? Strip search. Oh, that's probably going to be a little bit of a Victorian, I would think. It's actually later. It's oh. 1947 oh, in reference goodness. to World War II prison camps. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Talk about I a violation. Sooner mm. too. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I, w- I would think with all these. Not that you should do this, but you know, women women with the with the flowing skirts, you could hide an arsenal underneath the skirt in the in the Victorian oh, yeah. era. Oh yeah. You could have a whole briefcase under your skirt, no one would know necessarily. No. You'd be walking funny. You had all kinds of padding and perfumes and stuff under there because yeah, you know, they were peeing and pooping and... in their pants. Oh my gosh. Seriously. Oh goodness. Okay. <laughs> oh TMI. Let's I had, not, I let's not go there. Okay. okay. All right. All right. So but the the ramble about plundering go back to that because that's the the verb form strip now the noun is the noun strip means long narrow flat piece so that's Mm -hmm. you know kind of where we're talking about a a strip mall where that um, word comes in Mm -hmm. and um, the the sense of it being a piece of wood or land comes from the the 1630s wow yeah yeah Oh, and do you know what do you when do you think the first uh, usage of comic strip might be? I would. You know, say I was going to quiz you on all these dates. Co- okay, you? comic strip, comic mm-hmm. strip. I'm going to say 1934. 1920. 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the airport strip that was 1936. Um, like a street that's noted for clubs and bars and mm-hmm. whatnot. Mm-hmm. Is it strip? Uh huh. When do you think that? Um, What's a famous strip in the U.S.? Um, Las Vegas Strip. The Las Vegas Strip. The, the red light district in Amsterdam <laughs> is a strip, maybe. Uh, am, uh, am I close? Sunset Strip. Sunset Strip. L.A., 1939. Down, down on Sunset. That's yeah. a great song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, a stripped field, a bared torso, missing elements. Still proud and beautiful. Proud and beautiful. Yeah. You know, um, in Albuquerque, along the Rio Grande River, there's masses of cottonwoods. Cottonwoods uh, like water. The roots like a watery area, and they will seek water. Mm-hmm. And there is a huge, huge cottonwood, and they turn a, not an aspen yellow, but they turn a nice medium gold every fall. And there was lots of huge cottonwoods. And on my way to work, I would look at an exceptionally large one, and I always wanted to stop and go and sit underneath it. I always thought I need to stop and go sit underneath that. Never did. And you didn't do Never. that. Isn't that funny? It's like, why didn't I do that? <laughs> Just go throw a blanket down and sit there and look up at the leaves. Mm-hmm. Because what you, know, you would have been doing is having an experience. Having an experience. Bill. And we don't value experiences mm-hmm. as much That's true. as we should here in the old U.S. of A. Because I was thinking, no, I've got to get to work. Mm-hmm. No, I've got to get home. Mm-hmm. Who you know what what's what's you know what's mm-hmm. that about? Well, and this poem, Holly's poem, is about 
an experience. Mm-hmm. And it's about taking aesthetic pleasure in an experience of something that, that you've seen and that has stopped you and that you've written about. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what um, statues are all about, too. I mean, you can look at it as a piece of art, but you can really ponder it, too, mm-hmm. and take in. And uh, a thing of art is, a, you know, a joy forever. A joy forever. And right. it, it is it is an aesthetic experience. And that's part of our mission, you know, here at the museum is to allow people to have an experience of poetry. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, if you're wanting to sit under that tree, was your longing for that kind of an experience? And my advice is, if you want, if it, if it's legal and not, you know, you know, you're able to do it, do it. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, if you had to climb a fence, what's the harm? Mm-hmm. But uh, is there any sort of a term for people who notice nature and the ability to find beauty and artistry and overlooked places and things? Is that a, is, are there is there a, a are you asking a question you have the answer for? I don't have an answer for this. <laughs> I just wonder if, if that's... Naturephiliac? Naturephiliac or someone that just really has a love and an affinity and a, a noticing of, of uh, plants, animals. Uh, naturalist? Yeah. And, you know, a naturalist really comes close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was reading about the cottonwood because you mentioned something about it growing in uh, around water mm-hmm. or in water. Right. It's a lot like a sycamore. Mm-hmm. And it does grow fast like a sycamore. And because it grows fast, it's kind of fragile. It has some weak wood. It sheds its branches quite a bit. and But it's a beautiful. I mean, I think a sycamore is a beautiful tree, too. Sycamore, you know, they each is. have their issues. You know, cottonwoods yeah. release these uh, uh, yes. uh, white tufts everywhere. It looks like someone's opened a mattress or a pillow. And that could be an issue for uh, swamp coolers and air conditioners. It can. Uh, and then I read a little bit that was kind of some tree misogyny uh-oh. about cottonwoods. Because you know why? Why? Because the ones that shed all those seeds and everything are obviously female. Oh. So there, <laughs> I was reading on, uh, this was an article in HGTV, and they were talking about if you want to avoid that, then just get the male variety. That's awfully sexist. <laughs> Misogynist. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the maybe the female trees grow taller and more beautiful and have a bigger canopy. For all we know. Well, yeah, it's true that the male ones don't grow as fast mm-hmm. as the female ones mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Yes. But they are still beautiful trees, and they were trees that um, Native Americans use cottonwoods to make their canoes out of a lot of times. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. They have a real rough bark. They have a real bumpy bark. Mm-hmm. I remember it very well because we had several in our yard in New Mexico. They use them because they are easier to grow and they grow quickly mm-hmm. whereas here we live in the basically the rainforest of the of the united states here eastern <laughs> oklahoma in holly's poem she said like i said she said it's a shopping center she didn't say it was a strip mall but i'm just hung up on that because i don't know are they still really making shopping centers nowadays they're you know they're mainly uh, strip malls malls are, are a thing of the past mm-hmm. shopping centers are a, more a thing of the past and strip malls um Come and go quickly. Mm-hmm. They're like a they're like a, 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 a smaller tree that comes and goes and is fragile. Comes and goes quickly. We're um, and they're typically not attractive. Have you ever seen an, an attractive strip mall? No. Whereas I used to love the South, South Roads here in Tulsa, the really beautiful malls back mm-hmm. in the day. Mm-hmm. It was an experience. Water yeah. features and Christmas displays and carousels and. See, so you said uh, the word again. Experience. It was an experience. It was, it was and an it was experience. sometimes a very aesthetic experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you know why kittens don't like going to the mall? 
I, I, I think it's dangerous for kittens to be in a mall, to be honest, Sean, because I think they might get caterwauled. <laughs> they, they prefer a catalog. <laughs> I was close. <laughs> And plus, those long tails get stepped on all the time for the that's, heavy traffic. That's a really dated joke, too, because, you know, you can't even get catalogs kids are anymore. Like, kids are thinking, what's a catalog? What's a catalog? You remember when you used to go in JCPenney and pay $5 for their catalog oh, and take yes. it home? And, it yeah, was big and thick, Sears and, and Pennies Sears, and Montgomery yeah, Ward. Montgomery Ward. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. Keep them forever. Dog ear the things you wanted for Christmas. <laughs> right. The yes. other thing that this poem, it, like I said, it made me think of other poems, like uh, Keats's poem. It made me think of o- Ozymandias, the poem by Percy Shelley. I think I've read that on here before, too, where he's talking about a statue that has just crumbled and sunk into uh, the ground. And uh, it's a great sonnet. It's one of the most famous sonnets in the world. And at the at the end of it, the, the, cup, uh, the last few lines said... Um, my name is Ozymandias, King of Kings. Look at my works, you mighty in despair. That's what was written on the pedestal. Okay. Yeah, and then the last lines are, Nothing beside remains round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare. The lone and level sands stretch far away. Yeah, nature always wins. Nature wins. Mm-hmm. Human arrogance mm-hmm. it yeah. will get you nowhere. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, our, I was going to ask you, are and I know the answer to this. Trees seem to be very often the muse for poets, the poetic yes. muse. And Frost wrote a poem about trees that bend. Uh, birches. Birches. Birches in the winter. You know, and he was really enamored by that. And One could be worse than be a swinger of birches. Right. Yeah. You know, that, that inspired him. Um, I, I just find that very interesting. And I, I was curious. I used to climb trees as, as a kid. Mm-hmm. I love to climb trees. But there seems to be an age, believe it or not, there seems... Uh, why are you laughing? I was a good tree climber. Because <laughs> I was I, pouring a little bit more of my I, wine and it was really loud. I had a prehensile... Oh, okay. I thought you, I used to have a prehensile tail, believe it or not. Everybody could hear that. But uh, it seems like that, that we reach an age where it's all of a sudden it stops. And we don't even realize it stops. Like the bunting, who is no longer here. Because I was listening yesterday. The buntings are gone. You could talk about the bunting in every episode. Oh, my gosh. They're you? gone. All of a sudden, like, they're gone. The bunting they is leave, gone. They leave so quietly. But um, all of a sudden, we stop climbing trees. And you think, why? I realize now I'd probably kill myself if I fell well, out of yeah. one. Well, yeah. I'm getting um, ready to have hip replacement. That's why I'm not climbing yes, a tree. Why you're, that's a good reason. <laughs> that's a very good reason. Yeah. But, yeah, I used to love climbing trees, too. Mm-hmm. And tree houses. And I still have a tree house. Right. By my house. I, that, that's a, I was looking at that treehouse recently. I thought mm-hmm. that that treehouse has seen some experiences. Yeah. There's been a treehouse in that tree since 1920. Amazing. Isn't that? Yeah. yeah. That's worthy. You've written about that, surely. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. When the museum, in its first incarnation, it was in my dad's old machine shop, which is right by that treehouse. So the treehouse was fixed up, and it was a part of the museum experience. Mm-hmm. And there was a... I had this wooden crocodile. She was Cora, the couplet crocodile. Yes. And you had to write a couplet before you could go up into the treehouse. Okay. We've talked about her on here, too. Yes. Long time yes. ago. And, and, and back in episode eight, and probably. Also, and also, we've talked about Peggy. Peggy, the, the pig. personification Pers- pig. You was know, who's still highlighted. kidnapped. <laughs> we never some... got Peggy yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another poem, Bill. That uh, Holly's poem reminds me of, and I think I've talked about it on here too, is Rainer uh, Maria Rilke's 
poem, Archaic Torso of Apollo. That's the title. Okay. So, you know, it's going to be... Uh, it's like Keats' poems, and he's he's describing the, uh, the, the torso, and um, it ends... Here's some of the ending lines. This, this stone would seem to face beneath the translucent cascade of the shoulders and would not glisten like a wild beast's fur, would not from all the borders of itself burst like a star. For here there is no place that does not see you. You must change your life. Well, yes, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a pretty short poem. You know, y'all look it up. You can you can read the whole thing. But it, it Holly's poem reminded me of this one because it's just a great example of a, a lot of wonderful poetry. It describes things, it describes objects, it describes trees, describes statues. But what you're doing is not really describing that thing. The object is describing you. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. The object defines the human, not the other way right. around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if if Holly did happen to be inspired by this torso in the museum, if she realizes, maybe she does, maybe she doesn't, that your work of art, Sean, would not be allowed in some countries. It's a female form showing female form. Yeah. And there are a lot of countries where that is not allowed. Yeah. You know, I found it interesting. Actually, this country, in some places. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, But uh, I found it interesting because Venus de Milo is is very, very famous, female form, nude, missing some, some features. But... Um, the female form can be exalted here and admired and loved, and yet in other countries it must be covered and hidden and never seen. I find this, as as as, as a male, I find it so interesting that women are either exalted or they're demonized and hidden, and it is so interesting to me. It's it runs the gamut, from politics to art. It's just in it's a firestorm. And I wonder if, you know... You, it, are you doing the setup for our fall exhibit? Because it's exactly what well, it's about. <laughs> really, I hadn't thought of that, but I wonder if Holly has it's thought... That's the same of, thing as a witch. Yes. Yeah, so it's very true. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I just that felt, they're both revered and, uh, you know, lambasted. They're both... Um, loved and hated. Loved and hated. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, you know, that's the, the male form, too, when you're talking about art... Because I was I was teaching in a high school in this uh, northeastern Oklahoma, and I won't know, won't name the town, but we were as English teachers as the powers that be and all their uh, asinine insanity had decided one year that English teachers needed to to teach art because they didn't want to pay art teachers, and so we had to we had to teach architecture and blah 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 blah. And uh, which is fine, but that's not what my degree's in. <laughs> Did you take mini masters in this to so, try to learn some some no, key no, phrases? No, no, we didn't have any extra. Uh, but anyway, so I had uh, I had put some um, artwork on the walls, you know, mm-hmm. just to help, you know, with what I was talking oh, about. And you did, and I got in trouble for uh, Michelangelo's David. David, David. yeah. David and I'm gotten, like, oh my gosh, Michelangelo! Mm-hmm. I had to take it down. One of the most, one of the most famous <laughs> statues on earth yeah. is still getting flack. Yeah, yeah. you know, that yes, crazy. One of the most beautiful works of art in the world still getting flack. As for, as backward as I know, some people are in the state. Seriously, when I put that up, it never occurred to me. Yeah, it really didn't occur to me that somebody was going to object to that how how many centuries old are we talking about uh five six i don't know yeah right yeah. Mm-hmm. it's ridiculous yes it's a, you're right it pertains to, to, to both genders 
Right. But, uh, you know, people have their own um, aesthetic interpretation of things, I guess. Yeah. Or they have their own weird ideas of what they're doing to protect the youth, mm-hmm. which is why I stopped being a teacher. I understand. Because <laughs> I didn't agree with some of those. You can choose your battles. <laughs> I also made a little bit more of a farther-fetched correlation here. No, go back. Why don't you read the poem again? Because we need to go back to it. Let me read the poem again. Okay. Okay. Like a statue of ancient Troy, curved with fine lines, but missing elements like face and hands. So a cottonwood in a stripped field, standing torso-bared, proud and beautiful. It's just powerful. Yeah. And I, I find it interesting that, um, you know, we lose the tree, we gain a strip mall. We lose a tree, we gain, if you want to call it gain, I don't call it a gain. But um, the decimation of trees in the forested countries, South America, mm-hmm. leads to the demise of not only uh, land, but countries and entire planets. Huge correlation there with, with, with short-sightedness mm-hmm. and greed. Big correlation, and I'm sure Holly's aware of this. Yeah, and my hope is just that when people take down trees, if it's really necessary, please plant more. You know, just replace. And I remember that you're you don't like trees to be cut down. You're a tree lover. No, even when they're in the way, I'm like, isn't there some way? Because I also think about. I've been to England a few times, and I've driven down those country roads. Look at all those trees. Look at all the trees along the side. Uh, they still have telephone lines. They have modern technology. Mm-hmm. How have they managed to keep all their trees and still have their, you know, their electric poles and their telephone line and all that? I mean, I just think we're sometimes, short-sighted sometimes. Sometimes I think, and I'll own this because I'm American, you're American, we can be quick to clear cut, quick to clear, mm-hmm. quick to just shred, quick, quick to decimate. Mm-hmm. And it, it's usually not in the best interest, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I understand the whole thing about, you know, when, if there's a storm and, you know, the you know this, that the, the trees fall on your lines. And I just recently like that. had a tree that fell on my electric <laughs> line and had to have it removed. And, and that those things happen. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I just feel like there's an over it's, it's just the easy route that we take sometimes rather than to leave something that is uh, necessary to the environment. Mm-hmm. Leave right. it in its place. Mm-hmm. And not just necessary to the environment. I keep going back because I read this article before I, uh, when I was doing some notes on this episode called The Five Key Elements of Aesthetic Experience. I keep going back to that idea mm-hmm. of aesthetic. Aesthetic, yeah. And I think it's the reason why some people don't go in art museums. Mm-hmm. The reason why some people don't go in museums, period, is because they are not aware of the the joys and the pleasures of aesthetic mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. and and how necessary they are to our quality of life and our well-being. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go off like I'm writing a grant proposal right here, but that's what her poem, what Holly's poem reminded mm-hmm. me of too. And what I think she was reminded of, because when she said in the email, um, thank you for reopening my emotions to create. That's know? powerful. Yeah. That was a powerful compliment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, we're just not, in general, open enough to that. Mm -hmm. You know, the people that drive by this museum every day and never think about coming in, 
It's because they haven't understood the value. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm serious. They have mm-hmm. not understood the value of an aesthetic and they can't experience. have missed it because you have lines from you, po- you have lines from poems all over the <laughs> outside of the building, and people I, want directions here sometimes, and I'm like, just drive down into Locust Grove and look for the look building for with all the, the words. words on it, and come on in, um, and, and have it. And people think, oh, well, I, I never, I could never have an aesthetic experience. If you've ever walked into a museum or anywhere and had reacted to something and it it affected you, Mm -hmm. you've had an aesthetic experience. Thank you for qualifying that because Mm -hmm. I probably sound really hyperbolic when I say aesthetic experience. Aesthetic means, you know, it affects you in some way and you're, you react to it. Mm -hmm. We Um, react to the beauty in the world around us if, if we allow it. Some of us painfully so. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know, but it's, it's it's a necessary thing. It's that quality of life thing. It's that thing that you can't, you know, I mentioned grant writing a while ago. It's very hard for me to write a grant and to explain to people the effect that this museum has on has on them because I would have to give them this whole, I'd have to give them Holly's poem mm-hmm. and her explanation of, and, all, and that doesn't fit into their parameters, you know, of, that's not data. They want just the facts, yeah. concise, be yeah. concise. Yeah, I'm going okay. to stop. I'm not going to go there. You can't put I've that been... into – you're right, Sean. You, you, <laughs> like like poetry, you cannot put that into words. Poetry is too much – far too analogous, you know, too – yeah. Well, it's just that there is a well, – let me read a line from this article. This is, this is from uh, Psychology Day Today. It was written by uh, Sharam Heshmat. And it's called The Five Key Elements of Aesthetic Experience. And he said, the power of aesthetics can be used to improve the quality of life. Our preoccupation with our daily habitual experience masks the aesthetic potential of ordinary objects and routine activities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we are able to find beauty and joy in our daily activities, mundane shopping Mm -hmm. calling the pharmacy whatever it is that's quality of life well that's quality and let me put it another way because (laughs) people might understand this you've heard the you've heard this little synopsis at the end of your life you're not going to wish you had worked more in this and that you know what you're going to wish is you had had more aesthetic experiences Mm -hmm. whether that's running with your grandkids in the field take them to the zoo going for a swim sitting under a cottonwood tree on your way to work yeah um, experience for experience's sake is what is the most enriching in life, and what most people I think statistically have have been docu- have doc- been documented as saying that they would have done differently is yeah. to have ex- aesthetic experiences, even though they did not know what they were. So, so there, there uh, exclamation point, <laughs> Mr. Metaphor has spoken, and we have spoken, <laughs> and, and we are out of time. And you'll be quizzed at, in, in, in in just a little while, you know. About listeners. all the aesthetics listeners. of the experience. And, I would like to ask Holly if she, I hope she listens, mm-hmm. uh, to send you more poetry of hers if oh, she has yeah, it. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. And um, if you all are around on September 9th or you're willing to drive to Locust Grove, America, we are having a local author book fair. It's our second annual mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. We're going to have, there's 13 oh, authors. Nice. nice. And uh, a lot of them are poetry, but there's everything that's going to be here. We're going to have free food. We're going to have door prizes for everything, for everyone. Um, silent auction. It's going to be great. September 9th. Just go to the museum website, rompoetry.com, and you can find out more about that. 
And uh, yes. And you and I will be here and they can see what we look like. Yeah. You know what I mean? They can either be happy or disappointed. You can, look, you can have an aesthetic experience by looking at our beautiful mugs. Right. I agree. I concur. Yes. All right. Yeah. Well, this was great. So thank you, Holly, thank you, very Holly. much. And then also giving us permission to talk about your poem because it is lovely and it's beautiful and it should be in a book. And you're the epitome of what this museum represents. So thank you. Yes. 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 All right. Don't Bye, guys. Thank you.